0: Hello, I'm Chris Hall, pastor of Mercedes Baptist Church in Albany, Georgia, and welcome to our Sunday night study of the book of Revelation. We continue our study tonight by turning to Revelation chapter 17, and in just a moment we'll be reading this chapter. It's a very interesting uh, chapter. It's a chapter that leaves a lot of people scratching their heads and saying, what in the world is this talking about and what does it mean? Well, we'll try to make sense of Revelation 17 tonight. I pray that you and your church family had a wonderful time of worship this morning. We at Mercedes Baptist Church had a marvelous time this morning in joining together, praying with one another, lifting up those great hymns of the faith, enjoying uh, special music. And then, of course, we opened up the Word of God and we studied the Word of God. What a blessing it was to be in God's house this morning at Mercedes Baptist Church. And we pray that you are blessed in your church home today as well. If you're looking for a church home, we'd love to invite you to come and be with us at Mercedes Baptist Church. We're located at 2623 Moultrie Road in Albany, Georgia. Just Google it and you'll find us. Uh, We have a beautiful building, beautiful facility. But more importantly, we have wonderful people, people who love the Lord, people who love each other people who really want to serve our God uh, in these days. And I know that you'll find a warm welcome at Mercedes Baptist Church for you and your family. So I invite you to come and join us next Sunday as uh, we worship the Lord. But tonight we continue our study in Revelation chapter 17. And in just a moment, we're going to read all of uh, this very interesting chapter. We're deep into our study now, the book of Revelation. We're winding our way toward the final verses. And it's been a blessing to study the book of Revelation. I pray that it has been an encouragement to you in your walk with the Lord. That's the purpose of our studies. And so uh, I pray that you've been blessed as we've opened up the final book of the Bible. And uh, we'll continue our study until the very end when Jesus comes again, and there's a new heaven and a new earth. But tonight, again, we turn to Revelation chapter 17. And uh, before we read those verses, let's do go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a good day today. We thank you for a blessed day today. I pray now that uh, you will be with all of those who are in need today, those who are sick, those who are suffering. We pray for them. We ask you to bless them and draw near to them and meet their needs and give them health and healing We pray, Father, for our nation, for revival, and for renewal. We pray, Father, that you will strengthen us and help us every day to love you in a greater way and to serve you in a greater way. Thank you for who you are, and thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. In our lesson today, we turn to Revelation 17. Now, in this chapter, and it's a very interesting chapter, a little bit confusing as you uh, read it at the beginning, but... We're going to use the keys of apocalyptic language to understand what chapter 17 is really talking about. And what this chapter talks about, and in this chapter, we are given a view. And that view is this. Through apocalyptic language, the language of the book of Revelation, we're given a view of God's judgment on the false religion, the worldwide false religion that will dominate the world during the time of the tribulation so that's really what this chapter is all about so let's read it together revelation 17 and it's 18 verses so let's read together then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me now that's john the apostle the human author of the book of revelation saying to me come i will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I I marveled with great amazement. But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not, and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they see the beast that was and is not, and yet is. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. And the beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth, and is of the seven, (laughs) and is going to perdition. The ten horns, which you saw, are ten kings, who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings. Those who are with Him are called, chosen, and faithful." Then he said to me, The waters which you saw, where the harlot sat, or sits rather, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill His purpose, to be of one mind, and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman who you saw is the great city, which reigns over the kings of the earth. Wow, what a chapter. And how do we understand what is being talked about in Revelation 17? Well, first of all, let's do just a little bit of review. The event that begins the events of the end time. The first event and a series of events that will lead to the second coming of Jesus Christ. That linchpin event is the rapture of the church. Uh, It has been a while, but let's take a moment to review what the Bible says about the rapture. The rapture of the church is the next event on on the prophetic calendar of God. The word rapture comes from 1 Thessalonians 4.17. That verse says that one day every living Christian on the face of the earth will be supernaturally, by the power of God, caught up, taken up, snatched up from the earth to meet the Lord in the air. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 says, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we shall always be with the Lord. In the original language of the New Testament, the word translated caught up is the word rapido That's where we get the word rapture. The Bible teaches that one day, the Lord Jesus will descend from heaven to the sky above the earth. And when Jesus does this, there will be a shout, a trumpet will sound. And then the bodies of every believer in Christ who has died to that point, those bodies that were left behind when their souls went to heaven, the bodies of those believers will be resurrected, rematerialized, remade, reformed. These resurrected bodies will then be glorified, made whole, And then these bodies will be caught up into the sky where the resurrected body of every believer will be rejoined with their soul, their soul which went to heaven when they died. In death, there's the separation of the soul from the body. But in the resurrection that happens with the rapture of of the church and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the rapture, those resurrected bodies of those believers will be rejoined with the souls of those believers which have been in heaven with Jesus since their earthly death. After the resurrection of the dead in Christ, the Bible says that then every believer who is alive at that time, every believer on earth who is alive at that time will be supernaturally caught up to meet the Lord in the air. As we go up, our bodies, our minds, our spirit will be changed and glorified. As we go up, we will be made fit for heaven. And then having having been raptured from the earth, we will meet the Lord in the air and then the Bible says that the Lord will take us all into heaven and so shall we ever be with Him. That's the rapture of the church. That's the teaching of the Bible on the rapture of the church, a future event. Now the rapture of the church is not the second coming of Jesus Christ, but the rapture of the church is the first event of a series of events that will eventually lead to the second coming of Jesus to this earth. The Bible says that the rapture will happen in the twinkling of an eye. In other words, it will happen quicker than a person can blink. And it will be unseen by the world that is left behind. One moment, Christians will be there. But the next instant, we will be gone. And the world will not know what happened to all of these believers who disappeared. After the rapture of Christians, the world that is left behind will plunge into political, national, and personal chaos and confusion and after the rapture of of Christians the whole spiritual atmosphere of the world will change dramatically with Christians gone the salt and light of the earth the godly influence of Christians the presence of God through the life of his people will suddenly be taken from the earth not only that The Bible says that when the rapture happens, the restraining power of the Holy Spirit will also be withdrawn from the world. As much evil as there is in the world today, things in this world will only get that much more worse and even more when the restraining power of the Holy Spirit that presently is holding back all of the evil that could happen in this world is suddenly withdrawn. The world after the rapture will plunge into chaos and confusion. And the world's evil that has been suppressed and held back by the power of the Holy Spirit will have no restraint. And evil will be free to overwhelm the world. And that is exactly what will happen after the rapture of the church. After the rapture of the church, after the rapture of true Christians from this earth, eventually as the world tries to understand and recover from the great disappearance of Christians, one charismatic and dynamic man will emerge who will seem to have all of the answers to the problems and the the questions of the world. That man the Bible identifies as the Antichrist. The Antichrist will emerge... He will become a powerful figure sometime after the rapture of the church. It will seem as if the Antichrist has been sent by God, and he will claim that he himself was sent by God to help the world in the aftermath of the disappearance of all these Christians. But the Antichrist will explain the rapture with a lie like this. Listen to how the Antichrist probably will explain the rapture. He will come before the world and he will say, God has done a great service to mankind. He has taken out of the world all of those people who were hindering mankind from achieving unity, hindering mankind from advancing to become all that mankind can be. Now that these false followers of God have been judged and taken out of the world, taken away by God, now's the time for the world to come together. Now's the time for the world to advance in unity. And the lost world that is left behind after the rapture of the church will believe every word that the Antichrist says. Eventually, the Antichrist who will be controlled by and eventually possessed by Satan himself, will become the ruler of the world that is left behind after the rapture. Now the Antichrist, and we don't know who it is or who it may be, the Antichrist will be a charismatic and dynamic leader. He will be an extremely intelligent man. At first, the Antichrist will appear to be very kind and compassionate, a very benevolent leader, a charismatic leader. His true demonic and satanic nature will not be fully revealed until the middle of what the Bible calls the seven years of tribulation. The Bible teaches that the seven years of tribulation will begin sometime after the rapture of the church, When the Antichrist, as by then the leader of the world, the ruler of the world, the president of the world, when the Antichrist signs a seven-year security treaty with the nation of Israel, finally he will declare that the Middle East crisis has been solved. It's just another sign of how mankind can advance now that all of those so-called Christians have been taken away by God. But that's when the time of the tribulation will begin, when the Antichrist signs that seven-year treaty with the nation of Israel. During the seven years of tribulation, and we have studied uh, those years in our study of the book of Revelation, during the time of the tribulation, God's final judgment on a world in rebellion against him will fall upon the earth. It will take seven years. God will take seven years, and He does that on purpose. Because even while God is bringing judgment upon the world, He continues to offer grace and mercy. Even though at the beginning, or after the rapture of the church, there will be no Christians upon the face of the earth, people will be saved during the time of the tribulation. People will be saved after the rapture of the church. So after the rapture of the church, the Antichrist will ascend to that that place of power over the lost world, and he will sign that seven-year treaty with the nation of Israel, which begins the time of the tribulation. Now, after the rapture of Christians, the false religions of the world, all of the false religions of the world, under the urging and under the leadership of the Antichrist, will come together. They will join together. Again, the Antichrist will say, we must unite in unity for mankind to advance to the level that God would have us to advance. And we can now that these so-called Christians are no longer on the earth. The, The false religions of the world will come together, and they will work to set aside their differences and come together to form a world religion, one world religion, an amalgamation of all of the false religions of the world. Antichrist will say that for the sake of world unity, for the sake of the advancement of mankind, the religions of the world need to become one. We don't need the lines drawn, he will say, that separate people. Religion has separated people for centuries and centuries and centuries. Let's finally come together. Let's have one religion so that mankind can advance in unity and achieve our full potential. This one world religion that will be formed after the rapture of the church, which the Antichrist will use to control and use to solidify his worldwide control and eventually be used to declare that he is God, the one-world religion will be headed by one man. The book of Revelation identifies that one man as the false prophet. The false prophet will be chosen by the Antichrist to be the leader of the one-world religion of the tribulation. The Antichrist and the false prophet will then become partners in ruling the world of the tribulation. Revelation 17 is about the judgment of God, the judgment that God brings on what eventually will become the godless, vile, greedy, oppressive, satanic, and bloodthirsty one-world religion of the time of the tribulation. Now the one-world religion of the tribulation will not appear to be that in the beginning. It will be celebrated. People from all over the world will celebrate now. We can set aside our differences and we can come together. But under the leadership of the false prophet, that's exactly what the one world religion will become, a godless and vile, bloodthirsty religion. The great harlot of Revelation 17 is a symbol of that one world religion of the time of the tribulation. Now, to kind of bring our study to a close, let's talk about five things about Revelation 17. First of all, the false religion of the tribulation will be used by the Antichrist to promote his rule and his program of worldwide domination. What will be the God of the false religion of the tribulation time? Well, it probably will be a combination, an amalgamation, of the gods of the world's false religions. Plus, you can imagine that the environment, plus Mother Earth, plus the worship of mankind, the advancement of mankind, all of those things will be brought together under the guise of that one world religion. Eventually, however, the god that this false religion will worship The God that this false religion will demand allegiance to will be the Antichrist himself. And that will come to pass in fruition during the middle part of the time of the tribulation. Here's the second thing about Revelation 17 and its picture of the false religion of the time of the tribulation. Membership in the false religion of the tribulation will require a person to receive the mark of the beast, the mark of the Antichrist. And if a person refuses to receive the mark of the beast, then they will be regarded as criminals, rebels, enemies of the state. If a person refuses to receive the mark of the beast, they will not be allowed into the religion, the one world religion of the tribulation and They will not be allowed to buy or to sell, to have a job, or to make a living. In the end time, not to have the mark of the beast will be a death sentence. Revelation 13 verses 16 and 17 says that it is the false prophet. It is the head of the false religion of the tribulation that causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And so membership in the false religion of the time of the tribulation will require that a person receive the mark of the beast, and if you don't receive that mark, then you're shut out of all the economy that you can be a part of, you basically lose everything. And you become a target of the state, the, the, the government of the Antichrist, and the, the religion, the one-world religion of the time of the tribulation. Here's the third thing from Revelation 17. The false religion of the time of the tribulation will amass great wealth not to be used for the good of people. But the the false religion of the time of the tribulation, according to Revelation 17, will amass great wealth to make its rulers and to make the Antichrist rich beyond imagination. During the time of the tribulation, you will either be rich or poor. There will be no in-between. It would not be hard to imagine that a worldwide tax on countries, corporations, businesses, and people will be levied by the Antichrist to support the one world religion of the tribulation. And the riches that are amassed by that one world religion will not go to help people, will not go to benefit people, but it will go to make the Antichrist and the leaders of his government rich beyond imagination, Here's the fourth thing that is true about Revelation 17 and this picture of the judgment of the false religion of the tribulation time. The false religion of the tribulation will lead and sanction in the persecution of tribulation believers, those who come to Christ during the time of the tribulation. Again, in Revelation 17, 6, John wrote this. He said, I saw the woman false religion of the end time, drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Not everyone in the tribulation world will follow the Antichrist. The Bible says that many people, under the influence of the two witnesses, under the influence of the 144,000 evangelists from the nation of Israel, a redeemed nation of Israel that begins to witness for Christ, And all of the Bibles and the teaching and the witness left behind by by raptured believers, because of all of those things, under the influence of all of those things, multitudes of people will be saved during the time of the tribulation. Many of those, probably most of those, who were saved during the time of the tribulation will be hunted down and killed by the forces of the Antichrist and the false religion and the false prophet. The Antichrist will say, we must hunt these people down. They're trying to take us back. We have been rid of those people now by God, but here comes more of these people. We have to get rid of them for the good of mankind, he will say, and for the unity of the world. Here's the fifth thing that is true from Revelation 17. The headquarters of the false religion of the tribulation will be the city of Rome in Italy. Revelation 17.9. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. This is a reference to the city of Rome built on seven hills, a clear reference to the city of Rome in Italy. So the headquarters of the false religion of the world uh, during the time of the tribulation will be in the city of Rome. Here's another thing that that we can find. another, Another thing that is true from Revelation 17. As the tribulation world faces the relentless judgments of God, the world, in fact, will turn on the false prophet and turn on the false religion of the tribulation. There will be a rebellion against that, that false religion of the time of the tribulation. A rebellion against it for being unable to stop the judgments from God that are falling relentlessly upon the earth. The Antichrist then will step in. He will discontinue and replace the false religion of the time of the tribulation. Based on his supposed resurrection, after an assassination attempt that really was not one, the Antichrist, with the agreement and in sanction of the false prophet, will declare that no more religion like that is needed they will declare, the Antichrist will clearly declare that he is God. He will set up an image of himself for the world to worship. The Antichrist will declare with the sanction of the, soft, uh, the false prophet, the Antichrist will declare that he alone should be and must be worshipped. Again, Revelation 17, verses 16 and 17. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot. Make her desolate and naked, and eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put into their hearts to fulfill His purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. The ultimate judgment of the false religion of the tribulation will come when the Antichrist, the false prophet, and those who worship the Antichrist are thrown into the lake of fire. So that's our study tonight of Revelation 17. There's so much more that can be said about this chapter, but that gives you a gist of understanding Revelation 17. It's a picture of the judgment of the one world religion of the time of the tribulation. Well, Join us again next Sunday night as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. We turn to Revelation 18, which is a a picture of the judgment of God upon the economic system that is put in place during the time of the tribulation. And we'll see that study next Sunday night. Thank you for joining us tonight. This is Pastor Teacher Chris Hall, pastor of Mercedes Baptist Church in Albany, Georgia. And our prayer is that may God bless you.